ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Curveball Conversations. This is your host, Caleb Clark. I am excited to have you back as it has been a little bit of time. We let free agency kind of develop a little bit. There's been some big news already um, in the MLB world. Obviously, we're going to discuss a little bit of that. We're going to get to the second half of the free agent rankings for the top 25 um, that MLB Network released uh, just a couple weeks ago, and we'll kind of update you just kind of seeing where everyone's at um, as winter meetings are still wrapping up. Um, there's been some news regarding Shohei Otani. We're going to see where he ends up. He's kind of narrowed his teams down a little bit now. Um, there's been back and forth news whether or not we're going to hear about him signing this week, or all of a sudden now there's news that he might not sign this week at all. Um, so we're going to get into that, and then we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the rest from 16 to 25 for the top 25 free agent list and just kind of give you my take, um, give you some you know um, perspective from other players as well, and we'll just kind of get um, you know all of this out of the way and, and kind of give a little bit of more of an update um, regarding the 2024 free agency um, going into the 2024 MLB season starting in April. Um, so... I guess first off, we'll start with Shohei um, Otani. So the big news coming out is um, multiple teams have now pulled out of the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, including the Boston Red Sox, which I thought were a, you know kind of a dark horse to land uh, Shohei, especially with Masataka Yoshida being there. Um, I really thought they had a chance to land him. Um, it just felt like they were going to be the team that maybe snuck in to try and take him away from maybe the Dodgers. Um, a lot of people thought his fit was going to easily be the Dodgers and I thought that as well um but now it seems like the surprise team is the Toronto Blue Jays which if you've been listening to the podcast you'll know I grew up in Toronto near Toronto um big Blue Jays fan so this is all good news for um our Blue Jays they said they wanted to make a run at somebody big and do something big this offseason. John Heyman was reporting that. Uh, Ken Rosenthal has also reported a lot on the Jays. Jeff Passan as well. Um, and they're saying that it might come down to the Jays or the Dodgers for Shohei Otani, which I, the last time, I you know George Springer was a huge signing for Toronto, and it was something that was like, okay, Toronto can land a big-name free agent. Um but really, I haven't been this excited about a free agency or trades at all um, since the deadline in 2016 or 2015, sorry, when the Blue Jays went and acquired David Price and Troy Tulowitzki, which was massive at the time. Um, so to land Shohei would immediately impact the Blue Jays and obviously add a, you know, all-star hitter and then give him a year off of um, not pitching you know, fully chance to get healthy, you get a Cy Young candidate along with a all-star hitter. That's just exactly what the Blue Jays need. So would it be cool? Obviously, um, we've heard that reports have been that he was going to sign in the next 72 hours. Um, and then reports came out today that he decided that maybe he's not going to wait. You're sorry, he is going to wait until winter meetings are done. So now um, there's kind of this little lull where who's actually right, who's reporting everything properly. Um so we're kind of waiting on that, but at the end of the day, it sounds like Otani is closer to a decision than he was previously, and it sounds like it might happen soon. So that's kind of the update for Shohei Otani. Um, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, again, he's only had 30 days. He opened up his uh, his period just a couple days ago, um, so probably about a week ago now. So 
He's got some time to decide, but um, you know he could also be impacted by wherever Otani goes. Um, Blake Snell yet to have signed. Cody Bellinger again, another one who has yet to sign. Um, just going through the top fifteen. Aaron Nola, actually, he did sign. So that was a big news um, for Aaron Nola. Um, you know he ended up actually, um, I believe, returned to Philly. Um, you know, it just made the most sense for him. Um, I actually did think he was going to return. Um, it just, again, made the most sense um, for him to sign um, back with Philly. Um, he signed a seven-year, $172 million um, contract. It just, again, close to 200 We were hearing reports it was going to be over $200 million, but he actually ended up going under which probably helps the Phillies a little bit in cap room. Obviously, there's not really a hard cap, but anytime you can save money, especially on a guy like that, doesn't hurt you. Um, so then Aaron Nola has signed, so that was one name off of the board. Josh Hader, another name, has not signed. He's wanting to sign a contract where he breaks Edwin Diaz's record for a relief pitcher, um, so we'll see what he's trying to get. Um, we don't know what that's going to be. Sonny Gray, there's a big name. Again, I felt like the Twins were going to be the best option for him. Felt like he was comfortable there. Ended up going to the Cardinals. Um, so the Cardinals actually bolstered their staff a little bit. Um, so we'll see what they do um, you know, next year with a staff that has a lot of innings eaters. Um, so we'll see with that. Um, now here's another name, Jordan Montgomery again. If the Cardinals really wanted to go out and try and after him and really bolster their staff, maybe they could. But I see Texas or Atlanta has been the name now that um, has really come after him hard, apparently. Um, J.D. Martinez yet to sign. Matt Chapman, another name that we really talked about a lot last year um, and last podcast, has yet to sign with the, um, you know, hearing that the Blue Jays probably not going to sign him. I don't know for sure. Um, Jorge Soler. Has not yet signed. Eduardo Rodriguez as well. Jung-Ho Lee um, just opened up his uh, period for signing. Um, so we'll see what he does. Lourdes Gurriel not signed yet. And Shoto Imanaga, again, not signed. So it still is pretty early in free agency. So you're, you know, you're not going to see a lot of the bigger names going off the board yet. You might see some depth pieces um, signing, but they're just doing a lot of research right now. So that'll take us into the rest of the top 25. Um so first off, we'll go to number 16. It is a 31-year-old outfielder by the name of Teoscar Hernandez, Blue Jays fans. We know this name well. Um, Teoscar was the heart and soul of the Blue Jays teams for a couple of years there. Um, him and Lourdes Gurriel in the outfield were fun to watch on a daily night. Just, you know, big personalities um, and really seemed to love the city of Toronto. And you could tell, by the way, when they got traded, it hurt because this was a team he really thought he could stay with forever. Um, so last year started off the year, not hitting very well. Um, but when June rolled around, kind of turned it around, ended up hitting 26 home runs and 93 RBIs over 160 games. Um, again, 25 home runs in each of the past four full seasons. Very impressive for a guy that, you know, when you need run support, probably a guy you should bone, um, and look at, um, Seems like he's going to be more in the DH role, um, just as he gets a little bit older. He's not the best outfielder ever. So, I mean, if you're needing a bat and you need run support, this seems like a guy you should probably go after. I mean, 
Yes, he had a little bit of a struggle last year, but he turns it around. And when he's hot, he's hotter than anybody in the MLB. That's the same thing with Lourdes Gurriel as well. Um, so I would look at Teoscar um, potentially, probably. I would say he's not going back to the Mariners. Um, I just don't feel like that was the best fit for him. I think, you know, a, a fresh start somewhere else would be good for him. Um, I know the Jays. I don't know if he really wants to return. If he would, I would love to have him sign there. Um, I feel like he'd be a great piece to add back to this team and much-needed juice for this roster. Um, you know, the potential fits that they posted were the Brewers, Mariners, and Mets. Um, I could see the Brewers trying to go after him for sure. Um, you know, already having Yelich out there with Sal Freelich, I feel like adding a 25-plus home run guy to that outfield would help a lot or even just put him into a DH role along with Rowdy Telez. Um, kind of flip-flopping would be a big help for that team. So I could see that. Um, you know what? But I'll, I'll actually say I think the Blue Jays go out and try and make a splash and sign him. I think he's familiar with the organization. I don't think he really wanted to leave. Um, I feel like it was just you know something the Blue Jays thought they had to do, and it ended up not working out too well for them. So maybe getting him to return on a nice, friendly contract would be pretty cool. So I'll go Blue Jays. Um, here's an interesting one, number 17, Reese Hoskins. Reese was told that Bryce Harper was going to play primarily first base for the Phillies. So that was kind of the decision that you're done here in Philadelphia. Um, he's 31 years old. Um, he had a torn ACL, so he was not playing. But he's really been a really steady piece in the Phillies lineup for the past couple of years. He was electric in the playoffs last year. Um, and he's had at least 27 home runs in four full seasons. So similar to um, Teoscar, He's that piece that you could add as a DH role, even maybe play some first base. Um, again, they list the Brewers, Mariners, and Padres as fits for him. I think the Padres is a no-doubter for this guy. I think playing alongside Manny Machado, Juan Soto, um, and just being able to you know produce with those guys on base or even with other guys um, just in front of him hitting. And Manny Machado is a stud, too, as well. So I feel like that lineup would be even scarier, adding Reese Hoskins. And he'll have plenty of chances to drive in, guys. So I feel like that would be a great fit for him. Number 18, um, our first guy that we have video on is Lucas Giolito. 29 years old, um, Giolito was one of the strangest players from last year. Um, went into the trade deadline as the biggest target probably available um, a lot of people were trying to trade for him, especially from that White Sox team. Um, ended up getting traded to Anaheim, where he went 1-5 with a 6.89 ERA in six starts. Horribly. Um, it just didn't really go very well. Um, but then he actually ended up going to the Guardians after that because they, they released him. Um, so they released him in Anaheim, and he actually signed with the Guardians and went 1-4 with a 7.04 ERA in six starts. So somehow he went even worse. Um, but I don't feel like this was really, um, his fault. I feel like being traded, especially from a team like Chicago, where you felt so comfortable for so long and going to a team where they're trying to make a playoff push, but they don't even know what they are. And then getting traded again and being sent to a team that was just fighting for a playoff spot, but really didn't have an identity in Cleveland. This just didn't make any sense, and it was a lot in a, in a short period of time for Lucas, and I feel like he'll be able to make the adjustment over a long winter break and come back and be kind of, you know, not his full self, but 
he'll be able to bounce back in a big way. So I think a team should definitely look to pick him up. I know the Cardinals were linked to him. I don't think the Cardinals are going to sign him after they signed um, a couple of starters already. The Diamondbacks and the Red Sox have also been linked. I think the Red Sox is a no-doubter for him. I feel like it's a great situation for him to go to. you got a team that's hungry to win. Um, they need starting pitching to go along with the team, and I think he could really produce well there. Um, so I think that's it. But we actually, you know, there's he joined a podcast recently um, where it was uh, hosted by a former player, uh, A.J. Pruszynski, and he kind of just had a more in-depth talk about, you know, his struggles over the, over the last season and uh, just kind of what went wrong um, for the season. So I'll play that for you guys, um, and you can kind of get a more in-depth look at what happened to Lucas last year. It was interesting because it was like the first one was it was kind of like bittersweet. It was just like, you know, I had my heart was like in Chicago with the White Sox. I've been there for so long. But like you said, like I knew it was coming for at least like a couple weeks, three weeks, you know, with the team, the way the team was performing. And then, you know, we're getting closer to the trade deadline. I'm going to get moved. Like I knew it was coming. It was just, where am I going to go? I'd say the second one was probably like harder, I guess, mentally, just because I feel like I'd just gotten settled in with the angels, you know, really like kind of, you know, um, fully immersed in the clubhouse and becoming buddies with guys and having a good time. I mean, the team wasn't playing good, but at the same time, like, you know, still like being a part of the group and, um, you know, developing relationships. And it was like, all right, see you're going to Cleveland for like the last month of the year. That was definitely like, Oh, wow. It's crazy. And it was like the waivers thing too, which I didn't understand how that process, I didn't even know what that was until, it happened and then I got educated on it. I remember when I was like, <laughs> a lot oh, of us did. Yeah. <laughs> so listening to that, obviously you can get a sense that Lucas just wasn't in the right headspace last year. Um, so he kind of had to get adjusted to, um, you know, both organizations and it didn't go very well. So it's kind of more of a mental reset going into next year. And I think he's going to be able to make that adjustment. Um, so here's the next we'll go to. Um, number 19, and it's Yeriel Rodriguez, 27-year-old right-handed pitcher. This was a starter who was um, turned into a reliever. He played in Cuba from 2015 to 2020 um, and then joined the Kanuchi Dragons in Japan's Central League. He posted a 1.15 ERA and a 27.5% um, strikeout rate in 56 appearances for the Dragons in 2022. And then after he pitched for Team Cuba in this year's World Baseball Classic, he chose to return, not to return, sorry, to Japan, instead preparing himself for a chance to move to the majors. He was granted a release in early October, um, paving the way to, for him to come to the MLB. And this is obviously a really good reliever um, in Japan. And it seems like a lot of people are intrigued by him and want to pick him up. Um, international signings are always tough because you don't have much information on where this guy wants to go. Um, you don't really have a feel for it. That he's been linked to the Padres, Yankees, and White Sox. I don't think the White Sox are going to go in, in on him, especially when they're kind of rebuilding. I don't think it would be a good fit for him, especially at 27. You're kind of going into your prime years, going into a little bit later part of your career. doesn't make the most sense to go to a rebuilding team. Um, Padres and Yankees, I both can see an option. I think the Padres would be a better option if Josh Hader decides to leave, um, and then he can get a major role there for the Padres. Um, but the Yankees seems like... 
they're always linked to international players and they have the most money. I feel like they'll make a good run at, uh, at somebody, especially if they're not going to land an Otani or somebody of that nature. They're going to want to sign somebody, and I think Rodriguez would be a good fit, especially in the international stage. Um, so going into number 20, we have another Blue Jay. Um, you see a couple on the list already. This one is a 35-year-old utility player by the name of Whit Merrifield. Um, Whit was a machine for a couple years in the AL with the Royals. Um, but then last year, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a resurgence, um, ended up batting it in two seventies, um, had 11 home runs, 67 RBIs and 26 stolen bases. And he ranked in the top 20% of the league in strikeout percentage and sprint speed. So that sprint, um, you know, he hasn't really lost his speed that much. So that's a good sign, especially being at 35. Um, he was very useful for the Blue Jays in 2023. He was able to play all over the field, primarily wanted to play some second base, um, but was able to play in the outfield when there was either injuries or they just somebody needed a day off. Um, but he turned into one of the more consistent bats in the Blue Jays lineup, especially after coming over from the trade deadline the year previous and didn't really perform to the standard we knew he was going to be at and I think what he knew as well. So going into it, um, this off season is a big deal for him. He needs to, you know, first time he's ever going to be in this situation and he needs to figure out where he wants to go. I, you know, the, I know he's been linked to the Blue Jays, um, but I don't feel like they're going to bring him back. I just feel like he kind of wants to move on somewhere else. Um, I know he's been linked to the Twins and the White Sox as well, but I feel like he's going to want to go to, you know, a team like Atlanta or a team, you know, I, maybe not Atlanta per se because Atlanta has the depth. Um, but he's going to want to go to a contending team that maybe doesn't have that really depth at second base. Um, you know, I know the Dodgers love Mookie Betts at second base, but it could always help if they have a guy like Whit Merrifield where he can go play there and then you can move Mookie to the outfield. So I feel like there's teams like that where he could have a better fit and uh, be able to still play a good amount of games and be on a contending team. He's not going to want to go somewhere in the twilight of his career where he's just going to rot and die. Um, so he was actually able to talk um, with both Harold Reynolds and um, another man on the MLB network, and they were able to just chat um, and just kind of get his process through his first ever free agency. So we'll listen to that. I've said for a long time now, second base, I feel is my best position when I get to play second base every day. I feel defensively I'm as good as anybody uh, when I can stay there and play sharp and uh, it's, um, I, but I know there's, there's value to being able to bounce around now, especially in today's game. The versatility aspect of it is, is big. But then again, being versatile is a good thing. But then when you look at when you're in this position and you start talking about a player's value, when you bounce around, you're not as sharp as certain, in certain areas. And so your, your uh, analytical defensive numbers might slack yeah. because of it so right. you know there's there's give and take but you know i, I can bounce around but i can also be a, a pretty good second but you can that. hit so at the end there you can hear harold say but you can hit and his nickname was two hit wit and you know what he had a good amount of those last year um really helping out the blue jays um when they needed him most so that was a big big help for him um so i think he's going to get a contract for sure i know there's going to be teams that are interested in him um, it just depends on who ends up actually going to get them. Um, my prediction, a Dodger, a team like the Dodger, uh, the Dodgers or, you know, somebody that has that big 
um, you know, thoughts about going to, you know, deep in the playoffs, um, but also somebody that maybe doesn't have as much depth in positions like second base or the outfield. It sounds like he really wants to play second base. So uh, I feel like um, he could have a really big impact on a winning team like the Dodgers. So I'll predict that, especially because the Dodgers have done a lot with older players. Look at Jason Hayward. Look at J.D. Martinez. Um, they've had a really big impact there. So now I'll go to number 21. This is a guy I would love for the Blue Jays to go and sign, especially if they want somebody that can help their starting rotation out, and it is 32-year-old right-handed pitcher Marcus Stroman. Yes, Blue Jays fans, we loved Marcus Stroman when he was here, and he loved Toronto. Last year, um, in the first half, he was an all-star, went 9-6 and six with a 2.96 ERA. Um, had injuries in the second half, so it kind of hurt him, but I still feel like this guy is a stud and he can still pitch in big moments for a winning and contending team he's linked to the cubs and the angels um again they had them listed with the cardinals but again the cardinals already signing guys um probably not going to go after another starting pitcher and he probably won't want to go there as well so cubs makes the most sense um you know he returned to the cubs and you know he had a lot of fun there i know he enjoyed chicago a lot so it would make sense for a return I actually think he will return to Chicago as much as I want to predict him going to the Blue Jays. I just feel like there's too much familiarity um, with Toronto, and I don't think he's, you know, I know he loved it, but doesn't feel like he's really wanting to go back there as much right now. So I'll predict that he ends up signing with the Cubs. Um, but Harold Reynolds um, kind of talked about, you know, that second crop of starting pitching where, you know, who – Marcus Stroman is and what makes him kind of tick a little bit. So we'll listen, give that a listen. I want a, a guy that's middle of the rotation, maybe can lead my staff, depending on which market I'm in. Give me the guy that you think has immense value out on the, on the free agent market. Well, the first guy that comes to mind is Marcus Stroman for me. Yeah, you got to put up with the antics. You got to put up with things. But Marcus Stroman's pissed in New York. He's pissed in Chicago. Big markets don't bother him. And the man posts. And I love the fact that this guy is a gamer. And when you throw that sinker, you can move it in, move it out, and be effective with it. I think he's perfected his pitch. Pitch how what you handle best. But the thing I love about Stroman is his command because he's going to pinpoint things around. A lot of guys have a sinker and they can't pinpoint. He can be in trouble and be able to locate. So what do we say all the time? Location, location, location. That is the key. Why does he get so many ground balls? It's about command. When you're commanding and knowing situations. Now, you're not going to sit there and go, oh, he didn't have an 18 strikeout game. No, but Stroman does it. And I'll tell you what, for me, I love the personality. So you heard it there from Harold Reynolds, just a quick, you know, who Marcus Stroman is, what teams would be getting if they signed him. Um, I love Marcus Stroman. I love the fire and passion he pitches with. Sometimes there's a little too much when he goes on to Twitter or anything like that where he hops into wars that he probably shouldn't even argue with. But I just feel like he is somebody that would make a lot of sense on a team that wants to win, and I think Chicago wants to win. Um, so I think they're going to go after him pretty hard. Um, number 22 is Jimer Candelario. Um, Jimer was with the Nationals and then Cubs. Um he was 22 home runs with 70 RBIs, had a career year with an 807 OPS. Um, he doesn't have the defense that Matt Chapman has, but he does bring a more consistent bat. 
Um, and MLB Network talks a lot about that. Um, just the argument with, you know, signing e- either war. Um, I think Candelario would be a better fit for Toronto. I just really do. I, and, and the Blue Jays have been linked to him. Um, I'd love to see him sign in Toronto. I think the Jays are going to go hard after him as well. Um, especially if maybe like signing Otani doesn't work out or it does, they're going to want to add something else too, because Shohei's not going to be the one option that fixes this entire team. They need some more consistent bats. And I think Candelario would help a lot. And you're going to get him for a little bit cheaper than what Chapman wants, just because he doesn't have that defense as well. Um, so I'll predict that Candelario goes to Toronto. I just feel like it's a better fit for him too. Um, number 23 is Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty is a 28 year old right-handed pitcher, um, was traded, um, from the Cardinals to the Orioles. And he went one and three with a 6.75 ERA and nine appearances. Um, Baltimore actually removed him from the rotation. Um, and then they kind of just removed him, put him in the pen and it just really didn't end up working out in Baltimore, but he is still, you know, a good depth piece if you need one. Was really good when he was younger, but now he's kind of just not been as good and not as consistent. But again, going into another off season, maybe give him um, just a little bit of time to you know recover, sign with a good team. I think the Tampa Bay Rays. This just feels like a Tampa Bay Rays signing. So a guy that struggled, um, probably not going to get that much money. Um, not a bigger name in this class. Just feels like. It feels like a perfect fit for Tampa, just a guy who can go rebound, go pitch in a really good organization, especially for pitching, and uh, go light it up. And I I hate to say that because as a Jays fan, he would kill us, but I feel like that just makes sense a lot. Number 24, we have Hunter Renfro, 32-year-old outfielder. Um, This guy has been unreal, but he's played for six teams since the start of 2019. And he's hit at least 26 home runs in five of the six past full seasons. I don't get why he's been around so much, but he's been traded all the time because um, he just wants, he's just a key piece, but some of the teams he gets traded to, it just doesn't end up working out. Um, he has one of the best arms in the game. Range isn't great in the outfield, but you know you can take a chance on a guy, put him on the corner. Um, he's been linked to the Guardians, Marno, Marlins, and Pirates. He feels like a guy that can go and light it up somewhere for you know 20 30 home runs but he could also go hit 15 to 20 home runs before the all-star break and then the trade deadline and get traded to a contender um it makes a lot of sense i could see him signing with a marlin or a pirate um i actually think miami is probably one of the better fits for him they're going to lose jorge soler but they're going to want to try and replace him and i think signing a guy like hunter renfro you might get him for a little bit cheaper makes perfect sense for hunter renfro and the last guy on this list is 30-year-old outfielder Harrison Bader. Bader is an elite center fielder. Um, really, really good with his arm and range. Um, but he really just has injuries all the time. And this really hurts his uh, his stock. I think he could have been a little bit higher on this list if he was um, you know, playing more. But he hasn't played in more than 103 games in a season since 2019. And never reached 140 game mark during his full six seasons in the MLB. Um, in 2021, he had 16 homers, 15 RBIs, and 785 OPS. Um, but he really just hasn't produced much over the past two seasons with the bat. But I think this is a great depth option in the outfield. Um, he's been linked to the Cubs, Giants, and Nationals. Um, I could see a Cub. I could see a Giant. 
Um, I think the Giants make sense. They have Jastrzemski in the outfield, but I feel like having that kind of you know depth piece where you know you're going to get the glove. It's similar to a Dart- Dalton Varsho, sorry, um, with the Blue Jays, and just makes a lot of sense to give that guy an opportunity because you know he's going to go out there and do it with his glove every day. Um, so for this podcast, I will say this is it. Um, the top 25 free agents are now done. Um, over time, we're going to update this and try and figure out where these top 25 guys go, and we will give you more updates. Um, we'll also look into the trade block. We've heard Juan Soto it might be on the move, so Padres fans, close your eyes. The Blue Jays have also been linked to Juan Soto, so watch out for that. Um, but overall, we will just continue to kind of update, just see where these top 25 guys end up going. There's a lot of international signings. Looking forward to it. Um, we'll see when you know those windows are open. Those 30-day windows are open, so they, they have to make a decision pretty quickly. So there's going to be a lot of updating to do in the next couple of weeks, especially over Christmas, getting close to it. Um, you know, so I want to wish everybody a happy holidays when they go home. You know, I know students in college are just finishing up school break, or sorry, finals, and uh, going into Christmas break. I know a lot of people are excited, and this is the time to get excited, especially for baseball when it comes to free agency and trades. So um, I want to thank you again for listening to this podcast, listening to Curveball Conversations. This was your host, Caleb Clark, and I want everybody to have a good night. Um, and happy holidays as well. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.